podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining our weekly podcast. And this week, we're very lucky to have Becky Baker. Becky, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And Becky's podcast is actually entitled, Zuri Virtual School, Any Way You Can Think Of. Some of you may know Becky and her involvement in virtual schools, but Becky is the director of the Missouri Virtual School. Her previous life included being a high school chemistry and physics teacher, and she is currently also a tenured faculty member at Missouri State University at the Department of Physics, Astronomy, and Material Science. Uh, Becky, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for the invitation. I guess I wanted to start first. Where is the Missouri uh, Virtual School? School. Where is it located? Uh, we're located in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, we're located actually out of Missouri State University through the extended campus, and we've been in existence for about nine years. Great, and could you just share what is your goal, what is your mission, what does the Missouri Virtual School actually do? Well, we are teaching distance education classes to Missouri's rural students. We teach classes in foreign language, we have history, we have English, we have mathematics, and we have science. And we are basically looking at the students that don't have the opportunity to take these classes in the regular classroom. Either they don't have enough teachers that are qualified to teach the subjects, or maybe they just don't have the population to justify having a full-time teacher to teach those subjects. So that's what we do. We go in and provide those classes for those kids. Excellent. And I know there are a number of virtual schools. Could you talk a little bit about how are you different from maybe some of the other virtual schools? That People assume if you're going to start talking about a distance education course, or you're generally talking about an online course, and ours are not online. They are not asynchronous. They are all synchronous classes. And, and I say that for the most part. Classes are put in the student's regularly scheduled day, so that means the kids meet every day or every other day if it's a block schedule. Teachers, they are real-time with them. We basically do our courses two different ways. One of them through uh, video conferencing, which allows us to go ahead and see and hear the kids. Uh, the kids can, of course, see and hear us, our students. And then the other way that we do real-time is through a voice over IP program called Adobe Connect. In fact, it was very interesting this morning to actually be able to hear her since that's one of the big products that we use is Adobe Connect Pro. And that allows us to go ahead and, in most cases, see the kids, excuse me, hear the kids. Uh, they can see us if the school doesn't get pulled down too much by our bandwidth. But that allows us to do an interactive then board with the students as well as and they're going to show up at least with their names on the side and you can get a lot of interactivity from knowing where those students are and asking them questions that way. So I think the fact that we do ours real time is probably the main difference that we're going to have between the other schools. Now we do have for our classes that are just maybe one or two students, we use what's called a blended technology there. 
there we go ahead and use a course management system for a couple of days and that's how they get their content and then we also go ahead and those other two days out of the week we do have a real time with the particular teacher that they're using and so I I think that that's where we're getting that main difference is because the interactivity and the fact that we are real time. We do ours, like I said, during the school day, so it's not the 24-7. However, most of our courses are supported by a, either a Moodle or a Blackboard course management system, mm -hmm. which means they can go ahead and access it whenever they need. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I know there are organizations, school districts, grappling with the decision of whether to go online or do some type of you know web-based distance learning etc what are some of the benefits that you have found for students for the school district by implementing your program i think probably the first and foremost is the fact that they can get those classes we deal in, in some cases the entire school student body for the 12th grade might only be 12 or 13 kids mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to get some of these advanced courses we do teach college algebra, we do chemistry, we do physics, we do some of the English 4, we do some of the history that these kids simply would not be able to get a hold of. And so I think that's probably where our strength comes in these very, very small rural schools that just don't have the opportunities for their kids to be able to do that. And so we provide those courses, or at least we try. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm sure that you have been faced with a lot of challenges. What have been those challenges so others can prepare for them? Uh, probably the one which is a benefit of allowing us to do it is the technology, but at the same time, the technology is a challenge. <laughs> Just the bandwidth, we can tell the difference when we provide our courses at 8 o'clock in the morning compared to at noon, both on the, the local high school as well as our network. Our students at the university are up and around and actually using the internet at noon. So technology becomes an issue. Being able to look at that bandwidth, have to be incredibly flexible in using the technology. I've been teaching when we've had storms at the school and all of a sudden they've had a lightning strike and I just lose my kids. Okay, so there's the phone that you then have to, to take into account. Any other mechanism that you can think of to get those kids because you're responsible for those kids. The, the state doesn't say you don't have to worry about the responsibility for the kids if you lose them because of a lightning strike. You know, we're still responsible for them and we want to be able to deliver that content. So technology and being flexible is a huge, huge uh, trial at times. Mm -hmm. You just have to learn to hang out their plans. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is we do teach a lot of science classes and those science classes do have labs associated with them. And so how do you provide that laboratory component for wet labs mm -hmm. um, so that those kids are really getting an effective class, whether it's physics or chemistry or whatever. And so our teachers actually go ahead and visit at least once a semester, as well as then sending information and sending materials and sending labs there. We also use a combination of just the simulation labs they could do without having to worry about being in some place that is a wet lab. We also, with being able to use the mobile video conferencing units, then we can actually go with them to a lab, which is great, and that's helped us quite a bit. So we just go into a lab situation, take the video conferencing unit with us so we can see what's going on. And so we've discovered that also helps us go ahead and teach some of the labs. You know, safety is always going to be a huge issue when you're talking about mm -hmm. those labs. And there's some labs that, yeah, we probably can't do quite as much because of the fact of the way that we teach. And those labs then are the ones that we do when we go visit the schools. Mm -hmm. So I would say that flexibility using technology 
And then we're always trying to improve the types of labs that we can deliver for these students to make sure they really do get a good experience in their science classes. Oh, some excellent points. I know interactivity is, is critical. And how do you promote that? How do you encourage it? How do you ensure it? Well, there's two different ways. And, and you know, one of the formats that we use is that video conferencing unit. And that allows us to be able to see and hear the kids. It allows the kids to see and hear us. But what I find is that most of my teachers carry their remotes all the time, so they're continually getting up close and personal on one of the students so that they can talk to that student. And when you try and talk to them and, and the only thing you have is this full room, you want to have some way for letting that student know that, yeah, you are talking just to them or they're asking a question. So we use the remote continually. The other thing is that you've got to learn to change your teaching styles every 10, 15 minutes. You can't get up there and not move you're going to lose the mm -hmm. kids. You can't talk mm -hmm. from that monotone. You have to continually be interactive with the kids and asking questions. Most of our rooms also have boards in there, so we have the kids up and doing things on the board. I mean, I can't imagine teaching my chemistry class or physics class without having them work problems on the board. So we try a, a number of different techniques, and we encourage that communication, and we encourage our teachers to use that remote to be able to, you know, get up and close on that student and see what's going on. The other way with the Adobe Connect Pro, because you don't have that visual, it's a little bit harder to be able to get that interactivity. And so I think there, you have to continually be talking to your kids. You have to continually be asking them to you know, respond to a question, or you can do surveys right on the fly, do quizzes right on the fly. The Adobe Connect Pro does have an interactive board that's shared application. And so my students have the ability to write on that board. So I'm always asking them to put problems on the board or to go ahead and be able to tell me what's going on or, or to circle something or underline something. I know they teach you that wait time in, in college in your <laughs> classes. You know, that works fine for a couple of seconds, but you got to have those kids where they really are responding to you quickly. I can't see they might be going to some other website, so I want to make sure they're listening to me. they got to be paying attention to me. So you just use a variety of techniques to make sure they're always paying attention to you or else they're talking to each other about what's going on in the class, asking questions. And if you can set that tone right when you first sign on with them and let them really see how you can produce that, then I think they will stay involved and active and terms of what you're doing on the class. But yeah, you've got to continually monitor and continually make sure you're talking to them and they're talking to you. Well, I'm sure you get a lot closer to students. I always hear that. You get a lot closer to students than in the classroom sometimes. You know, you really can. I, there are students that don't feel comfortable by raising their hand and asking a question, and they feel very comfortable going ahead and chatting. I have learned to type so much better oh. by teaching <laughs> through the Adobe Connect. And Adobe Connect Pro also does have a little area that you can do private chats with the students. Oh, okay. And so I find if they're really confused, then I will get a private note going, okay, I don't know what's going on. And they're more willing to tell me that, I think, sometimes than being in front of a class. And so then I can just answer that question, and I don't have to say, Henrietta, you know, this is the answer to your question. Because I know if there's one of them that's probably confused, yes. everybody mm -hmm. is. Good point. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of plans for the future. It's very hard to keep architecting, but we have to, obviously. What are some of those plans? We'd like to go ahead and certainly offer more classes. Mm -hmm. We know that there's a lot more need. 
Um, there's a lot of AP courses that need to be added out there. We do dual credit right now, but we know that's also important, and schools, especially the small schools, are really looking for dual credit courses. Mm -hmm. We'd like to go ahead and offer some tutoring activities before school and after school. I think that's probably going to be important. The other thing that we're looking at is going ahead and possibly doing some before and after school activities for clubs. I think it would be really cool to be able to have a science club that's composed of a number of these rural schools and given the opportunities that the internet provides you, I can take these kids to any place that I'd like to. I can take them to a cave and let them experience an underground tour of a cave. So there are more things that we'd like to go ahead and be able to do that are relative to just connecting those kids and being able to bring a little bit more of the world to them through the internet. Excellent. Becky, thank you so much. I'm sure there are people who would like to contact you and I was hoping you would share the website or your personal, not your personal, but your professional email address. Which actually is my personal one too, so hey, they're going to get me it anyway. Um, my email, which I would love to hear from people because there's still more things that I know there's available out there and I would love to be able to talk to people about how they do some of these kinds of things that we do. And so it's very simple. It's just Becky Baker at MissouriState.edu and Missouri State is all spelled out in one word. And then we are, like I said, located in Springfield, Missouri at the campus. And the phone number there is 417-836-3200. And like I said, I'd love to hear from you. Oh, Becky, I'm sure you're going to hear from people. Thank you very much, Becky Baker. <laughs> thank you Baker. for the opportunity. Really appreciate you being here. And thank you very much for tuning in. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like more information about USDLA or contact to contact me, our email address is www.usdla.org. Thank you very much, and I hope you have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.